Good morning, good morning, good morning, queens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Girl Chat Wednesday with your girl, Destiny Inspire and the Queen Council. I am so excited that you are here. I am so excited, girl, that you let God give you that shoulder tap and roll you on over and dial on in because 6 a.m. is early. Let's be honest, 6 a.m. is early. But the fact that we can sacrifice our morning to spend time with God, the way we sacrifice our morning to get up for work, to get our kids ready for school, to go to a doctor's appointment, the way we can sacrifice for everything natural on this earth, how much more should we sacrifice and carve out sacred time with our Father, right? Right with our creator of the universe, right? Not the universe. Baby, I know the creator of the universe personally. And the Bible says he knows my name, okay? Uh, I got pulled in heavenly places. So you should be excited, honey, that you don't serve a universe. You don't look to a universe. Baby, you have a personal relationship with the God of the universe who created it all who created eternity, and he calls you by name. He calls you daughter. He calls some of you son. He calls you friend. How amazing is that? So how much more should we carve out time just to spend with him, right? So in Girl Chat Wednesday fashion, those of you who may not be familiar with Girl Chat, it's been a while since I've done it myself and discussed what it is. Unlike Monday and Friday, Girl Chat Wednesday, we present a, a, a perspective, we present the word, we present what God has given us, and then we open the floor to discuss it, right? We may ask a question, and because I pride myself on creating sacred, safe spaces of sisterhood, uh, whatever is said in these calls, it's a safe space, right? Um, it's safe because we don't judge anyone on based on what we say. We don't have to feel insecure or timid to speak. Nobody's looking at you, girl. We all going through. We all been raggedy. We've all experienced things. We all in some stuff right now we're trying to figure out and navigate. So Girl Chat Wednesdays when you can kind of discuss it. You can give your perspective. You can tell where you are. You can even ask for guidance, ask for wisdom, ask for advice ask for perspective, or just share. So that's what Girl Chat Wednesday is. Like It is that moment that you just, oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. Because in Girl Chat Wednesday, God is here. Okay, God is here. And I want you to feel the liberty, right? Um, but y'all know me. Like, I can talk. Like, I can talk to myself. I do it often. So even if you don't choose to share today or, you know, even tell how it helped you, baby, that's cool because I'm a talker. I've I've been alone for a long time, not lonely, but alone. So I I talk to myself very often, and we are really good friends. So I don't even need to call a response, okay? But this is a sacred safe space. So whenever you are on a girl chat Wednesday call, um, you're able to speak, right? You're usually not muted unless you got a lot of background action going on. But at any point, if something resonates with you, or you want to share something, or you feel led, let God. Let God lead you, right? Let God speak to you. So listen, God was giving me and dealing with me with the perspective of history versus destiny. History versus destiny. And he's even used like my own life and just things um, that I've experienced. I've been um, very transparent with things that have taken place this past 12 months in my book, though. In the book, though. You got to get the book, though, which... 
Queens never crumble is here, honey. The shipment came in yesterday, okay? So if you have not got your copy, girl, what is you waiting for? Because I'm shipping them out this week, this, D-I-L, this week. Um, this project is personal to me because um, for many reasons, you know, many things took place while I was writing this book. I only started it three weeks prior to sending it to print, but it's a culmination of things that I've experienced through the year. And if y'all know anything about me and my movement, I always say, God, don't waste pain. And I even posted a reel yesterday talking about um, your story, like how dare you keep it to yourself when God wants to use your story for his glory. So at minimum, the least we need to do is begin to heal. You may not be completely 100% recovered from those things, but begin that journey of healing so God can use your healing to help someone else, right? Use your healing to help someone else. I haven't arrived yet. I'm not perfect. I haven't got it all figured out. But I use what I have gone through, and I give it back to God. And I say, God, if you can use this story, if you can use this part of my life to help another woman on that journey, then so be it. There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hide, because you make all things beautiful. And so when we think about our history versus our destiny, um, I can think about a personal experience for me. Uh, many may know or may not know, like, I'm I'm a divorced woman, right? Um, baby, that's not my identity or nothing like that, but I'm just saying, you know, legally, you know, governmentally on paper, uh, I'm divorced. And so when I was going through that process in that journey, I was so consumed with my history, you know? When you've invested time into something, or even someone, you create history. And us as women, one thing we don't like to do really is start over, you know, because we're lovers and we're nurturers. And, baby, we don't really be like, and not that we don't be having the time, but we convince ourselves (laughs) that we don't have the time to be starting over. Like, we don't have the time to be investing to be, I know that ain't, and that's Lily Bonnet, but this girl, she Wednesday, so we talk how we want to talk. Ain't no grammar police here, child. We be, okay, we be so caught up in what we invested in something that we have a hard time letting go of the history of something, right? The definition of history itself um, well, one of the is the study of past events, particularly in human affairs. So although there is, of course, a subject of history like in school, when you think about it, when we live in our history, we continue to study those past events over and over and over again. And we don't necessarily study them with the intent to learn from them and move forward. We study them and get stuck in them. We study what could I have done differently, why did I, and not even to do something differently, but to try to make sense of it. Not like how can I change what can I do differently for the future, for my destiny. How can I re-look at the situation for my future or my destiny? It's what did I do wrong in this moment because I don't feel worthy. I don't feel valuable. I feel like a failure. So I want to make sense of it. I'm not even thinking about my destiny. I'm so caught up in studying my history. And yes, we talk about studying the past to to move towards the future, but we don't do that. We study past events for the sake of sitting in them, right? For the sake of sitting in them. And God is saying, I can't get you to a destiny because you're honestly still caught up in the history. 
Like I have opportunities for you. I even have people for you. I have I have people assigned to your destiny. And it's not that I'm not ready to give them to you. You're not ready to receive it because it's something about that history that has you in a hold. It's something about that history that has you feeling like what you lost will be the best you'll ever have or what you went through, uh, the history somehow disqualifies you for the destiny. Some of us feel disqualified to be used by God in certain areas because of history, because we're studying the past events. Like, I don't think God will use someone like me. Like, I did this, I did that. This happened to me that nobody knows about, or I haven't really talked about this. So why would God use me when he can use somebody that ain't been through that? Can I submit to you that that is why he wants to use you? Like, he wants to use you because you are somebody that's went through that. And I can remember going through this relationship and being convinced, like, I can't even remember being being told, like, I pray the next person that you, like, get with, I pray they bust your heart wide open. <laughs> can you imagine being told that by somebody you love? And be honest, somebody who promised you till death do us part, and I guess they said, if I can't give you till death do us part, I hope your heart dies in the process. Can you imagine how painful that is? I laugh now, but laugh is, laughter is one of my things, y'all. So there's nothing wrong with me. We all express ourselves in different ways, but laughter is one of my things. So I express grief, sadness, sorrow, pain, all in laughter. Also express joy, happiness. <laughs> And laughter. So when I laugh, sometimes people are like, why are you laughing? It's nothing funny. It's not that I'm laughing, ha-ha, that's funny. That is one of my coping mechanisms. As someone who was raised as I was and someone who's carried the weight of the world and the weight of responsibility, leadership, um, maturity as I have, I have, we don't always get the luxury to express ourselves and handle ourselves in ways that the average person would, right? Because we're held to a different standard and a different light, so we learn to process things differently. So as my default pattern, I've learned to process things through laughter. Like that's been the thing that has allowed me to kind of get through things and then process it in the process, right? So when I laugh, it's never to discredit, make light or slight of anything. That is a form of my expression. The same way everybody grieves differently. Everybody, you grieve things in your life in different ways. You grieve loss differently. And loss, again, it isn't always the loss of a person. You can grieve the loss of a, a, a life you once lived. You can grieve the expectation of something that never came into manifestation. You can grieve that. You can grieve people who are still living. So grief comes in many forms, and grief is different, and we allow the history of it to keep us from the destiny of it. And we're hoping for a better future. We're hoping that things change. We're hoping that we reach that goal. We're hoping that God brings new people into our life. We're hoping, but a part of us is still held to the history. And God is saying, I can use you, but you have to be willing to let go of the history and exchange it for the destiny. I know it's hard, but if you can ever grab hold to the strings of your heart, if you can ever uh, uh, come, come out of that heart space a little bit and get, get into your head space and put on the mind of Christ. One thing that I always say 
to my queens that God spoke to me, what you think that you lost will never be the best you'll ever have. I'm, good morning. Hello, y'all there? Okay, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> what you think, mind you, I said think, because sometimes what you lost, it was never really a loss to begin with. You just think it was. So what you think that you lost will never be the best that you'll ever have. That is a word for somebody. You need to write it down. Write it on the tablet of your heart. You need to write that down, scribe it down, text it, tweet it, type it, and tag me, okay? But whatever you need to do, you need to write that down and hold on to it because we're convinced that if we lost it, I'll never get that back again. And true, some things are replace, are irreplaceable, no doubt. But if God removed it out of your life, he's faithful enough to replace it with something better. To say that to say that he won't is to limit a God that you say is infinite. How can you tell me about your God, this great God, and you always posting about him, you always going to church for hours with him, but then you tell me that he's incapable of replacing things that are lost? What does that say to the unbeliever? And I'm in this space in my life where I'm like, God, I want my imperfect life, but the love that I have for you to draw my atheist friends. Because I have atheist friends on my social media. I have atheist friends that I, I, I went to work with that still follow me, that still watch me. God, I want the imperfections of my life, the, the, the lack of religiosity. I want that to draw my atheist friends. I want it to draw the people that just sit back and look and may wait for me to fall and may wait to say, see, that's another Christian person, you know, another perfectionist. That, you know, I want them to look at my life. I want them to see the transparency of my mistakes of my pitfalls, of me figuring it out, but saying, okay, she never quit. You know what? Her God that she talked about, he always come through for her. I remember when that happened to her. I, I saw her talk about that, but look at her now. Where does she get this type of joy from? Where does she get this type of grit and tenacity from? Like, I've never seen anything like it. Miracles is the evidence that God exists. Miracles is the evidence that God exists. Miracles is the love language of God. He performs miracles as a love language to show his people that he loves them. So I'm really on this kick where, God, I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, whatever that looks like. For some people, a miracle is seeing you get up and keep going when they know what you've been through. But we're so busy trying to hide everything. And, of course, everything isn't for everybody, but at no point do we allow ourselves to be lights, allow ourselves to be lights in a dark world. And we think that being that light is being perfection. No, it's not. Because how can you draw imperfect people with your perfection? Okay, I know it's early. How can you draw imperfect people with only perfection? What is there to relate to? The Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ. So how can I follow you if what I'm doing or what I've done, you've never been through it and never experienced it? I have nothing to follow. There's no example. You haven't shown me your wounds and your scars to prove to me that, that God is a healer. How do I know God is a healer when I never know that never knew that you had a broken heart? I never knew that you've been through things that God had to heal you from. Don't tell me about your God being a healer if you can't tell me how you know. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't tell me that God is a way maker, but every time I see you, you always popping. When has he ever had to make a way for you? I don't believe you. 
I can't follow something I can't relate to. If you think about your favorite people in the world, your favorite influencers, we, you know we all got that one girl that we all love this in the faith world. We all love this girl. Every time you ask who's your favorite uh, speaker or your favorite person, we all say her name. We all say it's not a woman I've come across in any of my programs or any of it that they do not call this woman's name. And you know exactly who she is. But why do you love her so much? Is it because she's had this cookie-cutter, perfect church girl life? Or she talks about having the child at 13, 14. She talks about working in the strip clubs at a bar. She talks about the, the duality and the struggles that she has. She talks about the humanity of who she is, but yet that doesn't negate the divinity on the inside of her to bring a word that changes your life. But yet we look at our own life, and we're trying to be antithetical to the word. We're trying to be super saints thinking that somehow that earns us more brownie points or more stars in our crown or in a better league with God. I think that, like, no, I just got to be perfect. I, you know, I'm, I'm in a better league. Religion teaches you that you have to work your way up to be good enough for God and you have to be perfect for him to use you. Like, God won't use a filthy vessel. Yes, I've heard that. But please tell me, how did he use an ass in the Bible? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think an ass, a donkey ass, was clean. So to say that God can't, God, the Bible says God is sovereign. The Bible says God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. The Bible says God used Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. There was nothing pure about Pharaoh. He was wicked. And God still used him to carry out his plan. He still used him as an instrument. So to, to put God in a box and confine him and say what God can and cannot do, who do we think we are? Who do we think we are? And that mindset had me condemned for so long. So it's like, God can't use me. I'm not perfect. I've fallen. I've made mistakes. I don't have it right. I don't know all, all the books of the Bible. I don't know all the scriptures. I, I can't quote them. I can't do this. And so it caused me to live in my history. It caused me to say, my life is over after divorce. Divorce is a sin. My life is over. Nobody will want me. Like, I don't know who I am. I'm no longer valuable. I don't have words. Everyone's turned their back on me. The church is rejecting me. I don't fit the status quo anymore. Like, who am I? God can't use me. Like, I might as well give up. I'm going to go live this other life. And I, and I, I did. I had one foot in, one foot back there. Like, yeah, I'm just going to do this because my life is over now anyway. I've, I've fallen. I'm not where I need to be. Like, I, my heart is not where it needs to be. I'm struggling in my mind. I'm struggling with my identity. I'm struggling with my purpose and if God has a plan for me. I'm struggling with if God even loves me. Because if he loved me, why would he let this happen to me? I was trying to do everything right. I wore the head covers. I went to church. I, I did it right. I waited. Like, I did all of these things, and it didn't work. So maybe I'm the problem. Maybe you just don't love me like I thought you did. Maybe I'm just not worthy of you. And so I lived in that history, in that shame in that broken place, and no one came to get me. <laughs> hey, 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 queen, they not coming. <laughs> I, I, I did, it's five years in. The, the apology didn't come. <laughs> so imagine, imagine if I sat waiting for the apology to come. There are people that I have to serve right now from my history that owed me an apology, and it never came. 
But God is now working on me to say, can you still serve? Can you still show them compassion even though they didn't have it to give to you when you were in a low place? Can you still love on them? Can you give them a, beyond that, can you give them a level of love that you never even had before? Can you give them a level of compassion, of love, of servitude from a pure place, not a sarcastic place, not a vindictive place, not a see I told you so, not a look at me now place, but from a place of humility and love and say nothing? Can you do that? Because if you can do that, then I know you're really ready for destiny. If you can do that, then I know that you're really ready for destiny and you're not still living in the history of it. We see this in the Bible, because what y'all not going to say is Destiny's up here giving her opinions and is giving her thoughts and she had no scriptural references. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. If you can, if you go to um, Ruth, wait, no, is that a book of the Bible? Yeah, Ruth. Sometimes like that a book of the Bible. Like I don't know my my sixty six books. Um, Ruth chapter one and and eight. Okay, so to preface it, y'all know I'm not even gonna start reading a lot because y'all know I absolutely love reading the Bible, and we will read the whole Bible for an hour, and I will stop at every verse and exegete the text and elaborate. But we're not gonna do that because it's not really the Bible study type setting. Which I might do a type of Bible study in the evening on Zoom or something. I don't know. Let me not say it too much because someone might take it and run with it and hold me to it. But let's just keep it with the fair cause. Okay, so listen. In the book of Ruth, we see a woman named Naomi who played by the rules. She played by the rules. Her husband wanted to move. She moved. She had kids. She did what he said. She left her hometown. And then this man had a nerve to die, right? And then not only did he die, after that, both of her sons died. So now this obedient woman is now a broken woman who has nothing. She got two daughter-in-laws. And so we get to this part in the text where at this point she looked bitter. She like, I did everything right. Like she was she was a good wife, a good woman. She was that who can find a virtuous woman that we're convinced if we become that virtuous woman that nothing bad will ever happen to us. The message of, of purity and the message of the virtuous woman makes us feel as if somehow when we work our, our way up to that, that we're worthy of only good things happening to us and nothing bad will ever happen. That was me. I want to disclaim. That's a disclaimer. God can do whatever he wants to. He's sovereign, right? So we see her being this woman. And we see both of her sons dying. We see her husband dying. And now we see this soliloquy that she's giving. And now I'm going to open the floor because I want to hear from you guys. We hear this soliloquy she's giving to her daughter-in-laws who are there left with her, right? And so verse 8 says, Then Naomi said to her daughter, her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. She kissed him goodbye. They wept out loud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Here we go. This is when the cynicism and the, the cares of life start weighing on you that it becomes your truth. Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? God is trying to bring new people into your life, put you in new places, new positions. And you're like, why would God use me? Why would you want to help me? Why would you this? I've been there. I've been places. I'm like, what's, what is your, what's your angle? 
So at this point, I don't trust nobody. So I'm like, what's your motive? What's your angle? Why? Why you want to help me? Why you want to be here for me? Why, why do you want to see me succeed? Why? Because nobody else does. Or someone always wants something in return or they're always, you know, someone turns their back or leaves. And Naomi's like, they, everyone left. Husband left. Son left. Next son left. Everyone leaves me. So why would you want to stay with me? What's your motive? What's your angle? And when you're caught in your history, you can't move towards destiny. I'm telling you what I know. I've experienced I've I've been that person that could not accept who God was sending because I don't trust. I just I just don't trust. I'm s I don't trust you. What's the motive? What's the angle? What what are you going to do to me later? How are you going to get upset later and walk away? So it's like I I'm thinking about the history of what's already happened. So I can't accept the destiny of what could happen. So she's like, return home. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who can become your husband? So now she's sarcastic, been there too. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. And how have you felt like God's hand has turned against you so you can't accept a destiny because you're stuck in the history? You're living in the history. God brings new relationships to your life. He's trying to bring that potential spouse, and you're so caught up in them leaving you like someone else did or them seeing the real you and not. I was like that. I was like, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to date. I'm just going to – I don't even call it date. I'm just going to do what I want to do because if I decide to leave, I can just leave before you leave. I can just do my thing. I don't got to be committed. I'm not going to be committed because I don't want someone to change their mind about me because now my history has shown me that you can give someone everything, give up everything, and end up with nothing. So I'm not committing to anybody. I'm not. Sorry. it's no commitment here. You play your position. You play your role. You who you are. You who you are, but I'm not committing to you. you don't, I'm, ne- I'm never giving you a commitment because I don't believe you're going to stay. I don't believe you'll be here long enough to accept who I am and love me for me without finding fault and finding a reason to leave. That's what our history will do to us. So we ruin business relationships. We self-sabotage, and then, we, then they turn into self-fulfilling prophecy. See, I knew it. Now, there are some people that God will give you discernment and say, okay, they're coming into your life, but only allow them this close. I'm going to use them to help you, or I'm going to use them to be here for you in this season, but they are only seasonal, right? So when we don't discern that either, then we turn to a prophecy like, see, I knew it. See, I knew it. No, 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 no. You just didn't listen to God. You, you didn't allow him to lead you. you. You jumped all into something that I told you was a season. So you still got to understand just because I send certain people and things to you, everyone serves a season and a purpose. I always say, are they a good time or a lifetime? Even when it comes to potential relationships, is this person a, a good time, a season time? Maybe someone to get to know, to enjoy a company that God may use in your life to teach you things, to learn things, or are they a lifetime? And if you put lifetime people in, in good time positions, you'll then become bitter and angry when they were never designed to be lifetime. They were part-time, seasonal time, or a good time. So we see this with Naomi. She's stuck in the history of it all. She does this big, sarcastic, cynical soliloquy. So what if I got married and had kids tonight? Tonight. She reduced a nine-month process to one day. What you going to do, wait? You going to wait till they grown? So we hear the bitterness, and you can't be angry. She's lost everything. 
She lost everything. And I love that she was honest about it. I love that she was transparent about how she felt. I love that she didn't try to over-spiritualize and make it seem like she wasn't hurting. She made it very clear. I'm hurting. I'm hurt. I don't want you around. But there's one thing that God has dealt with me about. And well, let me finish the scripture so I can stop lingering. Um, so Op- Orpa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. She she cried, she wept, but she she said goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. But Ruth clung to her. Look, Naomi said, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, baby, how many people in your life is determined to go with you? When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. There are some people that God will send into your life, and this is something that I'm learning in this season personally. God has me serving different people in this season of my life, right? He has me. He's humbled me and allowed me to serve in different capacities, things that I don't announce, things that I don't promote, things that don't go viral, that I don't put out there. But he's allowed me to serve, and it can be difficult because when you serve people that's kind of leaders like you, it can be difficult because it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like this too, but they're to the extreme. But I know God's assigned me, so I, I take it. And so this is what, um, and I'm not talking about take abuse or, you know, stuff like that. No, I'm talking about take whatever God is trying to teach you or develop in you through that person. And so God was dealing with me, and he said that when you have been assigned to someone's destiny, when you have been assigned to someone's destiny, they can't scare you off or they can't scare you away. They can try to push you away, but they can never scare you away. And so that's what God's been dealing with me with, with what he's been having me do in the season and who I have, who's been having me serve. Like no matter how they are, because I'm, I'm good with dealing with leadership because I've, I've served leadership my entire life in every capacity from ministry to professional world, corporate, that's always my thing. I've always been the person chosen to serve high-level leadership because of my, my capacity to think on my feet, to, 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 to learn them, to handle them, to be able to move and maneuver freely to where they, it makes their life and job easier. So I've always been chosen for those types of roles. So even now, God has me serving again in this season um, for wherever he's taking me next. And so, again, when you serve high-level people, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not for the faint at heart. It's not for the weak. Because you'd be like, oh, uh-uh, I'm, I'm gone. I can't do this. <laughs> but God said, when I have assigned you to someone or someone's been assigned to your destiny, they cannot scare you away, even if they try to push you away. So even though Naomi tried to scare Ruth away, Scare her by talking about you will never get married again. You'll, you'll be an old woman with no children and no husband. Even though she tried to scare her away and push her away, she could not be scared away. You cannot scare me with who you are because God has already revealed who you are to me, and he assigned me in this season. He assigned me here, so you can't scare me off from my assignment. 
I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care what it looks like. If I know God has assigned me here, you cannot scare me off even if you try to push me away. Now, when God releases me, then I'll be released because if I'm honest, I'm not serving you anyway. I'm serving God. And many of us, we run from our making or we run from where God has assigned us, whether this is in a ministry, whether this is in a job, whether this is just in servanthood with someone God taught, told us to serve or help, we will allow who that person is to scare us off and run us off when really it was never about that person. God deals with that person. And who's not to say that God is not using you to develop something in that person that they needed? And in return, they're developing you in a way that you're going to need for your future. So wherever God has taken me in this season, I know he is developing me even more. And if you know anything about me, I say my greatest principles of success is serving, sowing, and submitting. I don't care how far you see me going or you think I'm going to what I'm doing. I am always finding someone to serve, a way to sow, and a place to submit. Always. Because that is the greatest key to success. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I need grace in every season. So God has given me the ability to where you cannot scare me off, even if you try to push me off. If this is where God assigned me, I'm serving God, not you. And when God and how you handle me is between you and God because God will deal with your heart. God will deal with that. But could it not be that there are some things in me that God needs to, to massage out? Does he need to work on my, my sensitivity? Does he need to work on my whatever that is? He's building my character, and maybe he's using you to do it. But if I'm so caught up in the history Oh no! See, I ain't finna. I ain't finna. Mm -mm, I ain't finna take that. Oh, no, I ain't finna do that. No, nah, I, I ain't got that. This ain't worth my time. This ain't worth it because of the history, and I'm missing the destiny. Story goes, Naomi ends up. Naomi ends up becoming a softer woman because of her relationship with Ruth. Ruth was tied to her destiny. Long story short, Ruth finds her kinsman, kinsman redeemer, and Naomi is the one who helped her get the man. Naomi is the one that gave her wisdom, go lay at his feet, go uncover his feet, which amazes me the things that they tell women to do and not to do when we say the Bible is our example. And this woman said, go lay at his feet, uncover his feet, go in his secret chambers. Like, girl, what? That sounds a little hoish to me. I don't know, a little fast, but oh, if you say so, girl. So God used Naomi and her wisdom. So what if we always look at Naomi leaving Ruth. What if Ruth would have left Naomi? What if Ruth would have been like, she not, you know, uh -uh, she going off, like, I ain't got time for this. And Ruth would have left Naomi. Ruth's blessing, Ruth's destiny was tied to Naomi. But if she was caught up in the history of, I married her son, he died, my father-in-law died, she, going, she lost her mind. Just, all this history, I'm just going to stay and wallow in Sorrow Valley like her and be bitter and depressed. But she moved towards her destiny and stayed connected to who God assigned to her, Ruth, I mean Naomi. And because Ruth stayed connected to Naomi, the same person that pushed her away was the same person that helped her become a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Ruth and Naomi became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. God chose them. So don't tell me God can't choose this person or that person. You use a bitter, angry woman who was angry at God, to be named as one of the women in the lineage of Jesus Christ, one of the few women, along with Ruth, to be named in the lineage of Jesus Christ. 
because they learned eventually to not be stuck in the history and to move towards the destiny. God used Ruth and Naomi's life. When she had that child, she nursed that child. Like she, she was reminded that she was valuable. She never had a grandchild. She never got to, have a, to see a grandchild. But because she stuck it out, because she moved forward and finally moved into her destiny, God rewarded her for that and reward her by allowing her to be a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. So my question to you is, what are you forfeiting or have you forfeited because you're still living, grieving, or existing in your history and you won't allow God to show you your destiny? Who is God showing you is supposed to be in your life and your journey but you don't have the capacity to love or trust because of betrayal, because of a history of betrayal. What blessings are you not walking in as a result of holding on to history? Naomi almost forfeited the chance to be a grandmother, forfeited the chance to be restored. And Ruth would have forfeited the chance to be married into the lineage of Jesus had she decided, okay, well, you scared me away and you pushed me away, so I'm going to just live in the history and just not be married and just not do anything. God has a history, but his history is so good, we can rely on both the history of God and the destiny of God we can depend on. God's history is reliable, and his destiny is dependable. Oh, that's a good one. Somebody got to write that one down. His history is reliable, and his destiny is dependable. Why? Because the Bible says who he was is who he is, and it's who he will always be. Girl, the floor is open. Anybody is free. You are not on mute. You are free to share, to reflect. To give us your take, your thoughts, what you're feeling in this moment, what God is bringing to your mind. I'll Good morning. Can y'all hear me? Any other questions? Go ahead, Queen. I hear somebody. This is this is Keisha. It's my first time speaking. Um, oh, girl. Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> Baby, Keisha has been walking with a, rock with a Queen Council like three years now. I remember since bought a Queen T-shirt and tagged me on Instagram. Did not know her, but girl been... She's been rocking. Shout out to my girl. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I'm done. Good morning. Um, everything that you were saying was so true. Um, and so I've been in a season. I've been in a season of God taking me through something, and I knew that he was just up to something. But I was still like, okay, God, when? And so it kind of definitely felt like betrayal. But, you know, I was still trusting. And even now, um, it's not. it's still not making sense. But i just been in the place of just still asking God to, because what I found is I, I'm looking back like, okay, are you going to catch me this time? Because, and so when you were talking mm-hmm. about history, I was just like, yes, this is very much true because it's like I wrestle with that. Um, but day to day, I'm still like, okay, I, you are my security because if, if I, I don't think of you as my security, I'm not sane. And then I will think that everything that I've worked towards and, 
um, have experience with you is everything is in vain. I'm like, and like you said, he is who he is all the time. And so um, even last night, just the past two nights, just been asking God to restore hope because I felt like that was the thing that was lost. So um, everything today that you were talking about is just, I just wanted to just confirm, like, it was just, it, it was something that has helped me to um, remember to trust and not to view things in the past as, as if it's um, something that's going to be continual, but just continue to go forth. And that's what I've been doing. But um, I'm still just looking back like, okay, are you going to trust me? To, I mean, are you going to catch me this time? Um, so, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you for even sharing. And what I love is that you share it from a place not of perfection, not of, okay, I got it, like, I'm going to trust him completely, like, I'm good. I get, But from a place of, you know what, this is where I am, and if I'm honest, I'm still a little inquisitive as to how, how this thing's going to shake and bake. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to trust you, but at the same time, I can't lie and say that I'm all the way there yet. Like, there are still some reservations, and God loves our honesty. Like, that's the thing. He loves when we're honest and open with him, and we don't have to try to hide and be like, we got it all together, like, I tell God, like, God, this is so ghetto right now. Like, Lord, this is so raggedy, and I really don't know why, but I've understood the way God has begun to move in my life before he may move, like, really quickly through certain things. But I understand when you're in school, the, the workload from elementary school to middle school will change, and it may take you a little longer to get it done. The workload from middle school to high school is going to be a little different, and you may have to spend a little bit more time in study hall. The, the, the workload from, from high school to college is going to be completely different. You're going to spend a lot of hours in the library. You're going to spend more time writing them papers. But it lets me know that every level comes with a different level of responsibility and accountability because of the weight of what you're getting. Somebody that is getting a doctorate degree, the workload, the pressure, the work-life balance, the studying, the, the, the numbers of papers that have to be written is going to be drastically different from a high school student that's in ninth grade freshman lit, English 101. It's going to be completely different. But guess what? The glory at the end of each of it will also be different. So where God is in dealing with me is like, okay, where he's taking me now, okay, that's, these aren't these quick little trials where one and done. These aren't one of these things where you can just cry out and I'm just going to deliver you because you cried out. I will deliver you, but it's only coming after I've developed you because now I, I trust you. And where I'm taking you, because I trust you, I need you to be completely processed. I need you to bring something different to the marketplace now. So I'm going to need you to sit in these trials a little longer, not to hurt you, but what I am developing in you is going to surpass anything you've seen in your bloodline, in your family. It's going to surpass any anointing that you've carried before, but that's going to require a lot longer of a wait. And so in this season, I, I know that there are things God is not going to just deliver me out of. I, I understand that. I stopped, like, I stopped even expecting it. And I won't say I don't have an expectation, but I'm in the process of where, okay, I'm in school. Like, I'm in college. This is a four-year degree. It's an eight-year degree. I don't expect to have my degree tomorrow. <laughs> but I know that it's coming. So the expectation is different. It's not that the expectation is gone, but it's shifted. When you enroll into that class, you already know this is a four-year program. And it could possibly be longer based on unexpected things that could happen to me. 
But I don't come into the expectation that, okay, when I get in this program, I'm going to finish it in one year instead. That's, it, that's just not the way it works. I don't care how smart you are. You may finish a little earlier, but that's not the way it works. And so when I'm armed with that knowledge, it gives me a little more comfort. Like, it gives me a little more comfort because I know God will never leave me nor forsake me, and he cares about me so much so that I can't trust my own history, but I can trust the history of God. Like, he ain't never failed me. And that's one of my one of my favorite um, things that I say, like, he ain't never failed me. So even when I don't understand what he's doing and it's, it's just really ghetto on so many levels, I tell myself, he ain't never failed me. I sat in that, that room in Mexico, sick as a dog, but kept saying, recording myself saying, he ain't never failed me. He ain't never failed me. And before it was over, guess what? I was able to say the same thing again when I was healed. He ain't never failed me. So I appreciate that because, again, we not gonna, it's a process. We're not going to always just be there. Like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling amazing. Perfect. We just, we not, honestly. But when God sees that God, I'm not there yet, but I trust you. God, this is ghetto as hell. This is so ghetto as hell, God. I don't understand why, and none of this makes sense, and it seems like every time I pray, it's really not getting better. It's getting a little more ghetto. But God is saying, because in your prayer, I'm strengthening you for the next level. <laughs> because we thought that prayer only changes things, and it does. But it also changes you. So when I'm praying and it seems like it's getting worse, guess what? The situation may be getting worse, but the prayer is making me better. So the prayer is where I am. Y'all not, this might be too much. The prayer is actually giving me more strength for the next round. Player ready, level one. All right, guys, okay, this is hard, God, but guess what? You pass it. Time to go to level two. Keep praying. Oh, God, this is ghetto as hell. What in the world? But you passing it. You just pray. Time to go to level three. So every level, what you don't understand is that I'm talking to myself right now, too. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this revelation. What you don't understand is the prayer is not designed to just change the situation. It's designed to give you the strength, the fortitude, and the wisdom to handle the next level in the situation. And you thinking that it's something wrong. God, I prayed and it got worse. No, 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 no. I am strengthening your faith. I'm giving you more resolve. I'm giving you more tenacity. I'm giving you more anointing that you're going to start getting more adamant with the devil. You're going to start getting more adamant with what you go through. And you're going to start believing me and trusting me on a greater level. Player ready level one. We passed level one. So when your trials are getting harder and you seem like you're praying harder, he's equipping you to handle the next level of it. But it won't be this way always. It won't be this way always. God is equipping you because what's going to happen is when, 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 when you're feeling good again and now you're looking at everybody God is raising up, everybody God is raising up, you're looking at your favorite influencer chick, your favorite this, your favorite that, and God is like, they let me take them through the process. You didn't see how many years I had them in the pit before they got to this palace. You didn't see how long they kept praying and stuff kept getting worse in their life. And I had an, an anointing for you as well, but you said it was too hard. You quit because every time you prayed, it got harder, so you let the enemy punk you and make you think that you should stop praying so it can stop getting harder. Not knowing that I was taking you from faith to faith to glory to glory, from level one to level ten. But you had to go through the process, but you quit. 
and now you're looking and you're saying, God, why am I here? Why am I still here? Because I'm still processing you, but you keep quitting. Queens never crumble, and we don't quit. We may rest, but we never retreat. We may cuss, but we will not quit. This is good for me. You hear me? The floor is still open. This y'all call. Don't let me take it, child. Mm, thank you, Lord. He's talking to me, y'all. Listen. He's talking to me. He's talking to you, girl. So, yeah, child. Anybody else want to share anything? Don't let me. Don't let me scare y'all. <laughs> thank you, Keisha. I appreciate you, girl. I appreciate you. That was good. You stirred me up on another level. Mm-hmm. All right, child. If the floor is clear, some stuff you just got to sit with. I ain't, some stuff you just got to sit and be like, hmm, I ain't, I ain't really thinking about that. I mean, <laughs> let me sit with that one. God just gave me that one. I was like, oh, so it's levels to this. It's for real. Okay. It makes sense now. That like it makes sense. Holy Spirit, God, we thank you. 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 Thank you that you do all things well. God, thank you, God, that you are a God that sits high, but you look low upon the children of men, that you come and visit us. God, the Bible says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that you would even visit him. You made us a little lower than angels but crowned us with glory and honor and given us dominion over the works of your hand. Father God, right now I ask that you would allow your queens to walk in the dominion that you have given us, the dominion and the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the fiery darts of the enemy so that nothing by any means shall hurt us. God, thank you for strengthening us to move towards our destiny and to not get trapped and lost in our history. Because what we went through, it was designed to make us. It did not come to diminish us. It was to develop us, not devalue us. So God, help us to shift our mindset around what we're going through, even right now, even in the heat and the thick of it, God. Comfort our hearts. Remind us who we are. Remind us that we are queens, we are kings, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Anything chosen is different. Anything chosen does not fit in because when you're chosen, that means something else was not chosen. So there will always be a conflict with chosen and not chosen. So help us to walk in that. Help us to understand we were already picked before the foundation of the world, and we don't have to audition to be picked. We don't have to work our way up to be picked and be perfect and be purposed. You already put a purpose on the inside of us. And because you put that purpose on the inside of us, we have to war a good warfare that we may see a manifestation of it. We have to walk in our spiritual authority in the name of Jesus. God, I activate the queens of God who jump on these calls faithfully, God, who invest inside of their their spiritual development and their personal development to be who you call them to be, God. I activate the gift of God on the inside of them. I activate the spiritual authority on the inside of them where they become so infused with the word of God, with the faith of God, that they begin to open up their mouth and speak and declare what you have said. Declare what thus saith the Lord and walk in their abundance. Walk in their high place. Walk in that place where the wicked one touches them not. 
walk in that place where they begin to pull down strongholds in high places. They begin to, to curse generational cycles in their family and their bloodline. They begin to shut the mouth of the enemy that is talking against them through the word of God, by sending the word. You said, I sent my word and healed them, God. God, give them the power to send the word and bring healing, God. God, you said that miracles Signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. You did not say they shall follow the preacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher. You said they shall follow those that believe. And God, I've got a call full of women that believe in you and on you. So God, I decree and declare that they will begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders move in their life as they put their faith in you, as they believe who you said that they were, as they start walking in spiritual authority and not letting the enemy sit upon their praise, sit upon their spirit, sit upon their heart and their emotion to suppress their destiny and keep reminding them of their history. We're no longer studying history for history's sake. We're studying it to move forward into our destiny. So if the history of it does come up, God, we're learning the lesson. We're extracting the principles so we can use what hurt us to help someone else. So we can use that, God, what we had to bring healing to someone else. So God, we thank you this day, God. We honor you that you do all things well. There is no God like you. God, we ask you to search our hearts, oh God. Search us from the inside out, God. If not if, when you find those things in me that should not be Take them out and set me free. When you find those areas in my life, God, that need healing, God, that need restoration, God, that need correction, God, God, take them, God, and make something out of them, God. We submit and we surrender our yes to you, God. We give you a fresh yes this morning. As you've given us fresh breath in our body, you've given us new mercies, we give you our yes. Yes, Lord. Yes to whatever you want to do, God. Yes to your will. I challenge you to just tell God yes. I challenge you to fill this call with a yes. I challenge you to let God hear you say yes. Yes to your will, God. God, here I am, God. I say yes, God. I say yes, God. I say yes. God, God, forgive me for running. Forgive me for hiding. God, forgive me for living in the history of it all and not looking at the destiny that you had for me, God. God, we say yes, God. Search us, oh God. If you can use anybody, use us. If you can use anything, use us, God. Use our broken pieces, God. Use this broken vessel for your glory, God. Show the world what you can do and a young girl like us. God, we are girls coming at your feet, God. Show us what you can do. Show the world how you can use broken vessels to still be beautiful. Show us how you can put broken crayons back together to still color the world beautifully, God. God, show us how you can still use us through the divorce, God, through the molestation, God, through the rape, God, through the incest, God, through the abandonment, God, through the rejection, God. What we went through does not define us, God. It does not diminish us. We can use it to develop us for the destiny that you have for us. So we walk in that. We praise you right now, God. We honor you right now, God. We thank you for choosing us. We did nothing to deserve you, and you still woke up every day, and you chose us. And we choose you back today. We choose you back today. So, God, we love you. We honor you. We bless your name, oh, God. We say there is none like you. We adore you. We give you total adoration for what you have done, what you will do, and what you are already doing right now. So, God, we love you. 
We honor you. We bless your name. Touch every queen on this call. I send the word to her heart, to her mind. I apply the blood of Jesus over her body, over her family, over her children, over her job, that the angels would go before her and prepare the way before she even arrives, that she would walk in her spiritual authority and dominion as a queen, her head up, her chest out, and her crown on, and she will command every room that the soles of her feet walks in. It is in your matchless son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. We decree and declare the affirmations, I am healthy, I am whole, and I am healed. I am healthy, I am whole, and I am healed. Favor follows me, and finances flow freely to me, child. I walk in peace, I walk in purpose, and I walk in prosperity. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or even think, according to the power that worketh inside of us. To the only wise God be the majesty, dominion, and all the power, both now and forever. And the queens of God said, give us a hearty amen, amen, and amen. Girl, I love you. I hope you all enjoyed Girl Chat Wednesday today. This is my first time doing Girl Chat Wednesday in a long time. Did I do okay? I hope I did okay. Holla at your girl. Hit me up. Let me know if I did okay. Okay. Um, the prayer call will be on playback on the Queen Council Facebook page. Save it. Download it. Share it with someone else. Let your timeline become someone's lifeline today. If someone needed a lifeline, could they come to your timeline and find it? I love you. Queens never crumble the book. Powerful lessons on conquering and never quitting is available right now. Baby, I got the books in hand, and they are beautiful, and they will change your life. So go get your copy. Press the link in my Instagram bio. You'll find it somewhere on my page on Facebook, too, because I'm shipping them out this week. I'm so proud of this project. I am. I am. My sister passed away while I was writing it. My goal was to have it out for her. Um, but she passed kind of unexpectedly, so it has a lot of sentimental value. I had to go in and change some things in it and change, like, the dedication page to change the tense of the words. So it's very precious to me because I'm not completely out of everything, but I chose to use what I am out of what I did overcome to still be a blessing. So I love y'all. I'm praying for you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everything. Thank you. I honor you, and I appreciate you. This is Destiny Inspired in the Queen Council, and we signing out, girl. Bye.